Train Your Body with the American College of Sports Medicine on Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Here's Melanie Cole. Recently, a study, a study published in the Journal of Electrical Physiology, a clinical electrophysiology, found that overweight and obesity throughout adulthood were associated with an increased risk of sudden cardiac death. And my guest today, Dr. John Higgins, fan favorite here at Train Your Body and sports cardiologist for the University of Texas Health Science Center in Houston. Dr. Hey, Higgins, so... This recent study in JACC in the journal, what is it telling us about the early life obesity epidemic that we're seeing and this increased risk of sudden cardiac death? Well, you know, what it's telling us, Melanie, is, uh, hey, you know, we need to do something about this early life obesity because, you know, we're already seeing the consequences of that in this new study that came out. You know, and these, these are folks that we're talking about, you know, in general are, uh, you know, um, uh, they've been followed for about 30 or so years and, and they're, you know, in the, in the um, kind of pre-retirement and retirement stage. So we need to do something, Melanie, because not only is obesity and overweight unhealthy for you for lots of conditions that, you know, may not necessarily kill you, you know, like uh, blood pressure and, uh, you know, um, sleep problems, diabetes. But this, the interesting thing about this new study, Melanie, is it, it actually found that you are more likely to have a sudden cardiac death if you are overweight and obese. So that's kind of really scary stuff. And we, we definitely, I think as a nation, we need to reduce those rates of obesity in our schools. And I think we've talked about that on multiple programs, Melanie. Well, we have. And, you know, I know, Dr. Higgins, that you are very involved in EKGs as pre-participation physicals for athletes and sudden cardiac death is, is certainly an interest of yours for, for athletes and students. But we don't think of the athletes and students as the ones that are obese and overweight. And so we don't worry as much about this. Now, are we worried about the younger kids that are obese? obese and overweight having sudden cardiac death, or are we looking at this as when they're adults? Well, this study was a uh, looking at them when they were adults. However, you bring up a very good point, Melanie, that some of these uh, uh, children who are not exercising do have some conditions that are made worse when they are overweight or obese, because it generally does put more stress on the heart, as well as increased cholesterol, increased blood pressure, increase your blood glucose levels. So those those sort of children, I think, you know, maybe this is another part of that whole national discussion which we we need to continue to have. And and I know there was a there was a editorial in the New York Times the other day and CNN just ran a story on on the whole idea of, you know, do we need to start screening these younger children in schools with ECGs? And and certainly Detecting those that do have an under, underlying predisposition will make a difference, Melanie. But these folks uh, are dying from car- premature coronary disease, these ones in the study that was just published, because of the fact that they, are, they have all of those cardiovascular risk factors secondary to their obesity. 
Well, certainly, because any of that obesity is going to have those comorbidities. And what do you tell parents? Because I think one of the things that is involved in this discussion, Dr. Higgins, is that some parents are hesitant to even notice as their children start to put on weight or as their children are heavy, they say, oh, they're going to grow out of it or, oh, no, they're active, they're in a sport or two or whatever. What do you tell parents if they say to you or they're resistant about identifying this situation in their children? Well, what I tell parents, uh, uh, Melanie, is, is first of all, it is a good idea to monitor it. You know, and, and most doctors now, uh, pediatricians, they will do a body mass index on the children when they come in. But it's also reasonable. You know, the parents can do it easily at home. They can. It's just a simple measurement where they take the weight and also the height. And, and you know, there's plenty of tools online where you can calculate the BMI. And I, I think... The important thing is, Melanie, that there are going to be variations on the BMI throughout the year. You know, that even normal folks have variations, particularly, you know, around the Christmas and New Year's. Typically, people will put on a few pounds and, and different holidays and that. But, you know, when they get back to the regular routine and going to the gym and all of that, they, they will come back to normal. I think the important thing is for parents to recognize if they start deviating significantly off that BMI chart and they, they, you know, are not sort of in the average range, then I think it's important for parents to start to think about ways that they can engage the children in more activity and eating more healthier foods, as well as drinking lots of water too, which was recently shown to reduce rates of obesity and, and, and to, you know, have the kids participate in this in terms of, you know, what the kids like to do in terms of activities, you know, try to focus and do family things around those activities and also figure out, you know, what particular things that the child prefers in their diet that are still within the healthy range and and limit things that we know are not bad. You know, for example, don't have sweets available every day. Maybe they can have a a small amount of sweets one one night of the week, you know, and and also avoid uh, too much indoor stuff like you know, surfing the web and watching television because they, they'll tell you to eat, eat, eat <laughs> and not exercise. Well, they will, and those ads are really aimed at kids, but now it's, you know, YouTube and video games and all of these things, and when you say not to keep, you know, to really limit the junk and the sweets and picky kids, you see so many of them these days, and so if a parent says to you, well, my kid just won't eat vegetables, what do you tell them? Well, I think uh, you... You have to, you know, have to be a little bit tough on the uh, on the kids, and and uh, and and they need to understand that you know what, if they're not going to eat some things, then you know they're going to either go hungry or they can at least try to eat some of them. You know, now it might be that there is a particular vegetable that that they they don't like the taste of, and sometimes you can add things to it, or in the way you're cooking it, or or put some sauces on it that might make it more palatable. But you know, see again. As long as they have plenty of selection, you know, have have uh, three, four, five vegetables on their plate, if possible, that at least they're getting, you know, two or three of them in. And and then, you know, find out what, what ones they prefer and, and what combinations, and, and hopefully you can get some vegetables that they 
like. I mean, I haven't met too many kids that, uh, like, all vegetables, you know, are, are just not on. you got to meet and, mine, John, because they <laughs> love my kids. My yeah. kids will eat every vegetable and every... But you're right, and you say let them go hungry, and some parents are cringing when you say that. But the fact is that this is not really a democracy. It's a dictatorship, and you just have to say to the kids, hey, you're not getting dessert if you're not going to eat that broccoli. That's and if you do have to add right. a little ranch dressing or something... But exactly, Melanie. It's all no, in about creativity and then keep trying, keep trying, and keep trying right. to cook it for them again. Yeah, exactly, Melanie. And you know what? It's like a lot of things in life. I mean, you know, the first couple of times you try it, it may not be, you know, you're you're totally jazzed about it. But after a while, and like you said, you know, by manipulating it, maybe a little dressing, maybe the way it's cooked, you know, maybe, the you know, if it's softer or harder, they prefer it, you know, so, or if it's cold or hot. So just kind of figure out what they like and and try to figure it in to the meals. And also, you know, for the snacks in between the meals, you know, have some carrots, have some apples, have some healthy snacks out there available, which which are kind of like zero-calorie foods in that you can tell the kids, okay, you can eat those as much as you want, you know, have as many grapes as you want, you know, have as many um, uh, apples or, or nuts, you know, have some nuts out there, some uh, raw nuts or... Uh, uh, unsalted uh, nuts of, of various types, walnuts, almonds, that sort of thing. And and that way the kids will kind of understand, okay, you know, these things are, you know, I feel better with them. You know, I can, I have more energy. They're healthier things. They're always there. You know, I don't have to buy them and uh, use my pocket money. And, and I think over time they will adapt to to uh, having those healthier foods. I and, think and in so, fact, too. And well, I, we're out of time, Dr. Higgins, but I think this, this conversation turned into a bit of a picky eating thing, but it's so important to note that the obesity early in life can increase the risk of cardiac death, and that's what it really all comes down to. This is Melanie Cole. Stay well.